Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings, welcome on board of the KOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan. Four. One, two. I knew you wouldn't turn my microphone on. I knew it. Well, yeah, because your work is done. What What do you mean it's done? We saw on the uh, outgoing wire out of Harrisburg that the state Senate approved radar. Well, the state house still has to do it, and there might be the problem. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jeez. What but, is... you know, really, it's about time. All these years, all these uh, people are saying, oh... They're going to use it to raise money. They put so many restrictions in the bill. But but they put so many restrictions in the bill. You can't can't possibly fund more than ten percent of your budget. And really, at thirteen bucks, which is what the borough nets for uh, between thirteen and sixteen dollars on a on a traffic (laughs) fine, we would have to be out there morning, noon, and night. And nothing says municipalities are going to do it because it's quite an investment. I mean, you have to buy the radar guns. You have to have your officers send your officers away for training. I mean, it's just a matter of giving municipalities municipality municipal police another tool to try and cut back on the speeding and the traffic fatality deaths related to high speed that we have here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. All right. The bill includes the following provisions, and this is from Fox 43. It says the device can't be used to time the speed of vehicles within 500 feet after a speed, speed limit, limit sign change, right. indicating a decrease in speed. So you can't, like on the old trailer, you can't goes, set up, really, you can't set up a speed trap. Okay. It. No driver can be convicted on evidence obtained through the use of the device in an area where the legal speed limit is less than 55 miles an hour if the speed recorded is less than 10 miles an hour in excess of the legal speed limit. So, but for 35, 45 would be an okay violation? Right. Okay. All right. In high-speed areas like interstates, no driver can be convicted on evidence obtained through the use of the device unless the speed recorded is six or more miles per hour in excess of the legal speed limit. The protections go away, however, if a speeder is caught in a school or construction zone. The bill also tackles the issue of revenue by stating the primary use of the device is for traffic safety purposes. If a department's share of revenue generated from speed enforcement citations by a device exceeds 10% of the total political subdivision's budget, (laughs) the excess sum shall be remitted to the Department of Revenue. Oh, but you could still do it. Well, yeah, but we'd be feeding the state. Uh, The bill notes those funds will be to put, well, whatever. They're, you know, but the, you, know, the, you the, could hit the money if, will be misused. It's if it. you wanted if you wanted to do it smart, you would run up to nine percent on <laughs> radar, and then you'd use VASCAR or NRAD for all the rest. For all the rest, and <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't think any municipality is going to do that. Really, to me, you referred to straw man. That's a straw man argument, if I ever heard one. Mm-hmm. That the municipalities would. Do it. It's not a problem in forty nine other states and the mm-hmm. District of Columbia, 
But in Pennsylvania, it would be a problem. And really, I think the state house representatives need to think about what they're saying to municipal police. You know, we don't trust you. We don't trust our local our local borough and, and city governments because they're basically corrupt and they would try and find some way to make a fortune out of this. All we're really looking for is safety for the officers and to have uniform enforcement of the speed laws all across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's not a bad idea. Well, you have a lot of kids in your neighborhood, so speed enforcement becomes a higher priority. So you could use it in the neighborhoods. But if of, you did, mm-hmm. you would have to have PennDOT certify that the speed limit in that area, that street, was acceptable. Okay. In other words, you couldn't just lower it to like 10, 10 miles an hour and then sit up there waiting to catch somebody going 20. You know, you would have to have PennDOT say, all right, 10 miles per hour is a reasonable speed limit on this. Right, out of playground area. And you have to put signs at the entrance and exit to the municipality saying that the speed is enforced by radar. I mean, Why do you have to, <laughs> you don't have to put VASCAR enforced or, you know, stopwatch enforced. Why do you have well, to I do think that? it's. I really think it's because the legislature uh, considers this to be somewhat controversial and they're try- just trying to take away all the objections people could possibly have. You know, the main things that the State Mayor's Association wanted was that every police officer in the state of Pennsylvania could use radar if their municipality followed all the rules. Originally, some were saying, oh, no, it needs to be a full-time police department. It needs right. to be a, an accredited police With department. Officers and right. So, you know, and that's that's not enforcing the speed limits across the state uniformly. That's setting up a tier that, uh, you know, wealthier municipalities, uh, larger municipalities can use the tool, but others can't. The question becomes whether or not you've trained your officers sufficiently to use it correctly and you understand the rules as they apply to your community and you follow them. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our open phone. Which I pledge to you the State Mayor's Association is intent on seeing happen. Making sure that that happens. Yeah, to make sure that they pull out all the stops to make sure it's used wisely and safely. Uh, I remain unconvinced, but that's my nature on the show. You and my old friend Gene Yaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the yeah, lone he... Senate vote against it. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Gene, 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 what were Why? you thinking? <laughs> you don't have Linda Schlegel call on board, do you? Oh, yes. Lin- Lin- Linda has been an outstanding oh, proponent for okay, this. She has worked and she's a member of the House Transportation Committee. She has worked very diligently to get the bill into its current form. Uh, she's worked with the sponsors of the bill to try and make it acceptable to everybody. She's done an outstanding job on this issue, as she always does. David Rowe. Uh, David, the last time I talked to him, said he he would support it. So okay. I'm I'm I know David had reservations about it. And but Gene I, Yaw's complaint is this parochial speed trap thing. I really haven't talked to Gene oh, okay. about. It. I kid him Not about lately. it when I see him, but I really. The last time I talked to him, I thought he was in favor of it, but then something, maybe he doesn't like the bill and, or something, some provision in this bill doesn't suit him. Right. Gene's a very thoughtful guy, so I mean, I may not agree with him, but I certainly respect his his decision. Well, we have to hear him out. We'll send him a note and see what he what his thoughts are on that. Uh, well, it we doesn't do... matter because he was only one out of the, <laughs> the, well, the state. But his opinion matters to well, us. Yeah, it matters to us, yes. Well, uh, let's see. What else can I tell you? Uh, let's see. So we'll send a note to Gene Yaw and ask him if he wants to share the the reason for the no vote in particular, and then, of course, he can come on the show anytime to talk about his But then let's get the other points. 49 senators to say why All they 49, did vote for it. One right after another. Okay. <laughs> right. So if we're going to call right. the one guy who voted against it, let's call 
a couple of the people who voted for him. How about if we just schedule uh, John Gordoner for Monday morning at 8.30? Sounds like a plan. John, John voted for it. Okay, so that's <laughs> done. We'll talk to John Gordoner Monday morning. And then uh, Senator Toomey finally said, <laughs> Senator Toomey's people said, Mark, you can, uh, we've We've contacted them months ago and said, can we get Senator Toomey back on the show? He likes to come on. He really comes on about every three, four months. And uh, they said, well, he's swamped. He's busy. Of course, he's really in the middle of some of the partisan uh, bickering. And finally, they said, okay, Mark, guess what? Monday morning, 9.15. So it looks like that's open. We're going to send him our topics. If you have something you'd like us to ask Senator Toomey on Monday, uh, please uh, send us a note, and we'll make sure we include that in the questions. And uh, If they are of general interest. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't ask him for a great recipe or anything like right. that, which we occasionally get one of our good listeners uh, who wants to know that. Uh, we would invite you to participate in this show from this moment on, on the Mark Sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company, so please do as I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com or go to the Sunbury Motor Company yesterday. Look at the, they do have a couple of the F-150s there. they got a Ford Ranger, the off-road version, right on the edge of the lot waiting to drive off the lot by itself, uh, maybe with you in it and that is just a fantastic looking truck. Uh, but they got lots of other vehicles on the Sunbury Motor Company lot. So check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll free line is open. Call us 1 800 795 9565. That's 1 800 795 9565. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Put OTM as the keyword in the text and then send us your note. And we would just uh, love to hear from you. Let's see. In the news, uh, President Biden is going to be talking about uh, guns for a while. He really wants to get a uh, assault weapons ban going again. So he had some I remarks yesterday. I heard the, yesterday. the best quote yesterday, and it's from uh, Senator um, John Kennedy. Uh, I think it's from Tennessee or something. I forget where he's the senator from. Yeah, I remember. Oh, but he is so great. He said, what amazes me, and he said it with a southern draw, is that when a police officer shoots a someone, it's the police officer's fault. But when someone shoots a police officer, it's the gun's fault. Okay. I th- and, you know, I think he... W- Did you catch President Biden's presentation on this? No, I did not. It was rather confused. Is he struggling? Yes, he was struggling. Well, that doesn't surprise us. We've seen that. So uh, he is a great placeholder till we can get a real Democrat in there. So <laughs> I appreciate him being willing to do that and for the country willing to put him in there. Of course, you and your Mr. Trump rot. Joe Biden, if you didn't have... No, I don't. I, he's not my Mr. Trump. Well, the Trump. If, if and you, I, I if found it had fascinating. Him. The most fascinating thing, although we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, the most fascinating thing to me is Kamala Harris is now going to the border today or tomorrow. I forget which it no. is. No! Yes! But she's <laughs> going to El Paso, not where the problem is. If Chicago is further away from, or closer El- to Washington than where she is going is to the problem in the Rio Grande Valley. El Paso. Right, where the congresswoman is very friendly and very supportive of the administration's efforts to open up the border, where if she went to the Rio Grande Valley, the congressman there, who is also a Democrat... is not in favor of what the administration's doing. Might as well go to Galveston. Or and President Trump not? is headed. President Trump is headed there next week. She's gone to the U.S.-Mexico border. She'll be in San Francisco later today. 
All right. 1-800-795-9565. We got open phones. We mentioned the president, so we can talk about that. Uh, we had uh, Brandy Levy back in the news yesterday, thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in favor of her free speech infringement claim when she was suspended from the cheerleading team. Actually, I think they ruled against the school district. Right. Yeah. Which right. in effect Standing supports her. Speech. Right. Right. I, so. I hope that that wasn't taxpayer dollars that pursued that all the way well, to the United States. Who else would pay for it? Well, the Civil Liberties Union. Uh, no, Civil Liberties ACLU. Union was on her side. The ACLU was on right. her side, but the school boards associations and a oh, couple I of see. others okay. were supporting. And a matter of fact, the Biden administration supported the school district. Well, where does the school board association get its money? <laughs> well, from local school taxpayers. Boards. Right. Now, where do they get it? And they get it out of my pocket and <laughs> right. your pocket. So I, I just hope there wasn't a lot of taxpayer money in that. It, it was bound to fail, and it did. What was it? Nine, eight to one. Eight and to I one. saw yesterday the attorney for the school district was on NPR claiming victory yesterday. Oh, really? Well, yes, you might as well. <laughs> Isn't that funny? He says, yes, this is exactly the outcome we wanted, a clarification of what was legal and what is not. We were hoping that we would be rebuffed at the U.S. Supreme Right. You Court. spend all that money right. just to get a clarification. Hoping that we would lose. No, we couldn't trust our solicitor. We had to get uh, Justice Breyer to give and us... And we only spent $6 million But other than that, hey. But it's a win. It's a win for everybody. Yeah, that was funny. So, from now on, we've learned that a cheerleader can tell the school and the squad to go blank themselves <laughs> if they don't put someone in. Well, you can on your own time. You just can't do it on the air. Well, she did it on her own time. Right. It was Snap. Was out of school. hundred friends. No, I say more power to her. She had. She was frustrated. She expressed it. Maybe a more mature person wouldn't have chosen that path, but you know, she is a kid, and uh, she was upset, and um, she expressed it. So good for her. Right. And they said, and now convenience store parking lots are safe for everyone to use. This acceptable uh, outburst of so anger. So if I want to have an outburst <laughs> of anger, I should go to a convenience well, store parking lot. Well, that's what she said. She was. Uh, okay. Apparently, the setting was important. Of course, it was off campus campus was part of it, but it wasn't even her home. She wasn't being immediately supervised by her parents at the time, so that was a tiny factor. All right, really, so, she put it on Snapchat, the thing that disappears after 24 hours, but right. one of the other cheerleaders screenshot it and then circulated it. Oh, and then, okay. <laughs> So, I mean, she didn't... <laughs> These she are didn't, her friends. She didn't disseminate it. She just right. put it on the thing that where it would disappear, but somebody else found it. And then found it coaches and or administrators saw it next? Well, I guess the coach sure, saw yeah, it. Made sure they... Uh, whoever downloaded it made sure that they saw it. So. And that's something. All right. 1-800-795-9565. So, obviously, lots in the news we can talk about. 1-800-795-9565. Stan, what's on your mind today? Which of those I items? I bet it's not the border. I bet it's guns. Oh, yeah. The president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is an old fool. But anyways, uh, you know, Biden and, and, and uh, Merrick Garland get up there and, and, and blow, blow the aid about, you know, what they're going to do and blah, blah, blah. You know, they said we're going after the, you know, the dealers that have been illegally dealing guns out the back door, not doing background checks. Well, the last time I checked, <laughs> that's been illegal for at least 20 years, if not longer. They're okay? going to crack Since down. the background check came into effect in 1994 or so, I believe it was. Something like that, yeah. So, but what, they haven't been, you know, arresting them and putting them out of business? I guess they're going to crack down on something they haven't oh, been oh. enforcing. <laughs> I guess, well, I don't know. Isn't that special? Now, I seen in the paper last night that I think in the last year... They said there was, across the country, there was 300,000 or so people that, you know, tried to purchase a gun, but 
failed the background check, so they weren't allowed to purchase gun. They're making a big deal out of it. My question is, if they had 300,000 people trying to buy guns illegally because they had felon, most, I think it said 40-some percent of them had felony convictions. Was there, 40-some would be, what, 130 or 40,000 people with felony convictions trying to, you know, purchase firearms? How many of those uh, cases came up in federal court for a violation of federal law of purchasing guns by a felon? Good question. How many? I, I can almost guarantee. Well, I see, that's the problem. That information isn't put out because it's dang near zero. Yeah, I think it's like it's a fraction of 1%, as I recall. It's a super low number. Yeah, so, you know, you, they, they're going to put all these owner's gun laws upon upon people that do nothing, but the people that they know are committing crimes, have committed crimes, or are felons, convicted felons, going in and trying to purchase a gun and lying on the form. There's penalties for all that but they don't arrest and prosecute them. So until they start doing that, they can just go shut up. Maybe that's, that's the way I look at it. Maybe that is a part of what they're going to do. I didn't see the president's remarks or Merrick Garland's, if he spoke to, but is that part of this, did they say, is, there, is some enforcement of existing laws? Well, so supposedly, but those laws have been in effect for the past 20 or 30 years, but we haven't enforced them because of why? Because they don't want to. They just want a narrative. You know, the guns are the problem. No, the guns aren't the problem. It's the people, the scumbags, as I call them, that go out and use those guns to commit crimes. And until they take care of the scumbags and get them off the street, we're going to continue to have crimes. I don't care if it's with a gun, a knife, a club, or whatever. People, scumbags are going to be scumbags, as I've said in the past. What is a scumbag? <laughs> Once a scumbag, always a scumbag, So right? this is a bag that holds scum. <laughs> the majority right. of them, yes. I mean, they let, they let, and it's been proven, they've let, recently, they let people out. I think it was up in New York City. They let a guy out on no-catch bail. And nine days later, he's killing a woman, stabbing her. You know, that, that's the kind of people they're letting out on no-cash bail. They arrest them, let them, you know, run them through the system for about two minutes, let them back out, and they go out and commit another crime. Usually it escalates. Until yeah. they take care of that, they ain't going to blame me for their problems. Yeah, Joe Biden said, quote, Today, the U.S. Justice Department is announcing a major crackdown to stem the flow of guns used to commit violent crimes. It's zero tolerance for gun dealers. Oh, I love when we have zero tolerance. That just makes my heart twitter. <laughs> it's zero <laughs> tolerance <laughs> for gun dealers. Quite frankly, I want everybody selling the stuff out the back door, not doing what they're supposed to do, because I have to do, you know, follow the law. Otherwise... My butt's in jail, and quite frankly, I don't want to spend time in jail, so I follow the law. So these people, if they're doing that and they know who they are, they need to go arrest them and throw them in prison. Take their license and throw it, because there's, there's you know, uh, financial penalty, and there's time in prison for all these crimes that they say they're doing. And another thing that they said on this big speech is they right away they blamed the state around the big city. You know, Mayor of Baltimore is having their murder problem. But the guns aren't coming from Baltimore because they have very few gun shops. They're coming from surrounding states. So they're probably pointing their finger at Pennsylvania and Virginia. 
Yeah, the, well. the president said it's zero tolerance for gun dealers who willfully violate key existing laws and regulations. And I repeat, zero tolerance. If you willfully uh-huh. sell a gun to someone who is prohibited from possessing it, if you willfully fail to run a background check, if you willfully falsify a record, if you willfully fail to cooperate with inspections, my message to you is this, we will find you. He also <laughs> hopes to close the boyfriend loophole to keep guns out of the hands of abusers. Have you ever heard of the boyfriend, boyfriend loophole? Oh. No, I haven't heard of that. No. No. If, so, if somebody has a, a protection from abuse order against them, they're supposed to give up their guns and they're not able to purchase a firearm as long as that's on them. And if they've been convicted of domestic violence, it's illegal for them to purchase a firearm. Plain and simple. Okay. Real right. simple. Right, you know, right, follow right, the law. Right. But but nowhere in very few places in his little speech did he say he's gonna go after the criminals that are committing the crimes. Right, just gun dealers who willfully violate existing laws. Well, that, there's a crackdown, so that's what I predicted or uh, uh, su- supposed that he was talking about. He also is holding out hope for the reinstatement. Uh, this is according to CBS News. He's also holding out. <laughs> now, stop laughing. I'm trying to read here. He's holding out hope for the reinstatement of the assault weapons ban as a strategy regarding crime. It says crime and gun prevention. I don't know what gun, right. gun prevention is. Anyway. So how are you going to prevent crime? crime by taking away people's guns when all the other statistics show that other crimes that are not committed with guns are going up exponentially. Rapes are going up exponentially, break-ins, um, properties against crime, vandalism, they're all going up. They have nothing to do with guns. Yeah, the, the simple fact is that President mm-hmm. Biden doesn't want to admit that his own party calling to defund the police is responsible for the surge. And them trying to say that it's been over the past 18 months is disingenuous at best. It's been since the Biden administration supported the left-leaning people who wanted to defund the police. All right. We'll give you the last word, Mr. Stan. Well, you know, I, I have to put it's my order in for the F-16 or F-15 and the nuclear bombs because that's what Biden says we need to get if we're going to take on the government. Yeah. Did he mean AR-15? Did you, did you hear that threat? Yeah, did I he, heard him. Or was he talking about yeah, the and, fighter jet? Yeah. And and the other thing is uh, I'm going to have to go out and strip all the deer of their Kevlar vests for when I take my AR out with my 100-round magazine to shoot them up. All right? <laughs> I mean, that's, right. that no. this is ridiculous, though of what he says. All right, it, it, it's pitiful. All right. You know, he, he needs to remember <laughs> the Second Amendment has nothing, absolutely nothing to do about hunting. Period. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, don't don't hide your feelings, Stan. Tell us how you feel. <laughs> oh, Stan is great. He never said he never used the word stupid. It's no. stupid. <laughs> That's his favorite phrase about the administration. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Our telephone number. We got one caller waiting. I got to take a quickie break, but you can email us at on the market or text us at seven zero two three six. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I guess it does. Well, I'm sure. Why? I'm sorry. Stop talking. I know. We have our own conversation. 1-800-795-9565. Joseph, thank you for waiting through the break. We're talking about President Biden. He is going to make America safer for us, whatever it takes, even if it means arresting gun dealers. Go ahead. Hello? Are you there, Joseph? Yes. Oh, didn't I push the button? Yeah, Yeah, you did. Go ahead. You're on the radio. Me? Well, nobody else. You. Okay. It didn't sound right there. Okay. Yeah, uh, your previous caller, uh, I agree with everything he said. I listened to Joe Biden's speech yesterday. Zero tolerance. Give me a break. On gun dealers? (laughs) Why doesn't he have zero tolerance on on people that commit crime? I, I... it just it astounds me. This is an immediate and, and an urgent problem in these cities, uh, especially Chicago and, and so forth, where people are being murdered and shot and mutilated and hacked up and who knows what every day because there's no fear of authority because they know they'll get away with it. They know the cops won't even do anything. I remember last, last year, a year before, in New York City watching these black guys throw water on police and the police just hanging their heads and walking away. I couldn't believe that. It just, I'll tell you, it did something inside of me when I saw that. Uh, it just uh, was terrible. It was terrible. And, and that gave them the, the uh, okay to go ahead and jump on police cars and to burn police cars a few months later. It just gives an incentive. I remember when I was in school, I was a, <laughs> I was a pretty rebellious kid. And in math class, the teacher, I had a smirk on my face, and he said, Joseph, wipe that smirk off your face. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it's a free country. If I'm not disturbing anybody, I'll keep the smirk on my face. smirk if well, I, I want did. to. And he walked around very gently to the back of the class. I, did, I thought he'd just let me go. And he come up behind me, grabbed me by the hair, and lifted me out of the seat and threw me out the door. I even peed my pants. <laughs> it shocked me so bad. But I got news for you. But he was irreverent in his class ever after that. I, I respected that man. I had a fear of that man. You see, there's no fear of authority. There's no fear of Yahweh. Uh, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom and a good understanding of all they that do his commandments. And that's the problem. There's no fear of authority. There's no fear of the Almighty in this land anymore. Okay. Thank you, Joseph. We're out of time in this segment. Appreciate your call, as always. Take care. Thank you, sir. 1-800-795-95. Oops, there we go. i got to actually hang up. We'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll do news headlines. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I am Mark Lawrence. Joe Well, Mug- you used to be. Granahan is directly across from me. Yeah, I've changed over the years. I've become <laughs> someone else. I'm a better person. Debatable. That's <laughs> <laughs> just waiting. Opening the door for you. All right. Uh, we invite folks to email us at onthemark at wkok.com, as two individuals have done, and text us at 70236, as one individual has done. And you can call us at 1-800-795-9565. Our sponsor is the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Unbelievably fabulous is Mr. Rob Center, a great producer, so we appreciate his help and hard work and making things happen these days, so we really appreciate that. We're going to do some brief news headlines, then we'll continue our discussion. President Biden yesterday had some remarks about uh, guns and enforcing existing gun laws, cracking down, but he primarily, in the excerpt that CBS is using anyway, uh, named gun dealers as the individuals who are the root of all evil in the U.S. these days, so that might be a little bit short-sighted, but in any event, existing uh, enforcing existing laws was the bottom line of that aspect of his remarks, so we can talk about that. Uh, One of our listeners sends us a note about the nomination of David Chipman to head the ATF, so we can discuss that, and uh, well, we would love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. Got some other topics to talk about. Brandy Levy, the student from Schuylkill County, and now a college freshman, won her case in the U.S. Supreme Court. It's a free speech case as it relates to her profane Snapchat remarks that were made about the school and the cheerleaders and cheering uh, when she was, uh, I think, 17 years, no, 14 years old. So uh, that made its way to the U.S. Supreme Court. So we talked about that a little bit. We can elaborate on that. And in a moment, we're going to talk about voter ID, uh, the opportunity to take this uh, uh, issue directly to the citizens is gaining some momentum in Harrisburg. Oh, okay. I, I wanted to talk about Tallahassee, Florida, where Governor, the great Governor Ron DeSantis is trying to stop indoctrination from you folks on the left. Oh, the left indoctrination. But it's okay if folks on the right do it. I got you. No. Well, that's what some some of our callers have folks said. Folks on the right aren't doing it. So okay. Folks on the left. Oh, it's just us. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. So we'll read the, uh, the rest of the paragraphs of that good article from Fox News. We do have some delays in Northumberland on Duke and Front Street where a pole was hit, and that is leading to some delays on Route 11 going through Northumberland as well. So Route 147 and Route 11 delayed in Northumberland. Expect a 10 to 15 minute delays there. Flaggers are controlling traffic. A pole was uh, knocked off earlier this morning. One person died in a motorcycle pickup truck collision in Ralpho Township, Northumberland County, Wednesday. No details out yet. Happened about 4.30 p.m. on Route 61 at Mountain Road. Two families are homeless after a three-alarm inferno consumed a double home in Sunbury Wednesday afternoon. Sunbury Fire Chief Brad Wirt says no injuries were reported from the fire at 231 North 6th Street with the help of dozens of volunteers from three counties. They made a quick stop on the blaze. Two pets perished in the fire, but no one was hurt. The state Senate has done its first approval of an amendment to the PA Constitution requiring a valid identification time every time voters show up at the polls. 
Senator Judy Ward says what's being proposed is not a new concept. In 2011, voters in Mississippi amended their constitution to require government-issued identification in order to vote. Missouri followed suit in 2016 and Arkansas two years later. But Senator Vincent Hughes opposed the bill. This effort here is just another part of this national effort to suppress the vote. The language in the bill would have to pass both the state house and Senate in consecutive legislative sessions, meaning the earliest voters could have their say is May 2023. I'm Mark Sims. And as we mentioned, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled Wednesday that a Schuylkill County school wrongly suspended a cheerleader over a vulgar social media post. The court voted 8-1 to one in favor of Brandy Levy, who was a 14-year-old high school freshman when she expressed her disappointment over not making the varsity cheerleading squad. She did so on Snapchat with a string of curse words and a raised middle finger. Levy was not in the school when she made her post, but she was suspended from cheerleading activities for a year anyway. In an opinion by Justice Stephen Breyer, the high court ruled that the suspension violated Levy's First Amendment rights, but the justices did not stop schools from disciplining students for what they say off campus altogether. District officials were seeking to allow school officials to punish speech that they deem disruptive to school operations that students post on Snapchat, Facebook, and other social media. The dispute hinged on the year-long suspension of the cheerleading team, or from the cheerleading team, that Levy received as punishment for a fleeting expletive-laced Snapchat post in 2017 while out of school. Uh, quote, uh, Justice Breyer said, quote, she used unattractive swear words off campus. Did that cause a material or substantial disruption? I don't see much evidence that it did, unquote. He said, if swearing off campus did, my goodness, schools in this country would do nothing but to punish. <laughs> and the schools, strangely enough, declared victory here in a, uh, this is what bothers me the most <laughs> about this, is they came out afterward and said this is a win because it helps clarify what they can and can't uh, regulate. I always spend millions oh, of dollars just to get a clarification. <laughs> to sure, why not? That's what irritates me Let's the spend most. the taxpayer's money and get a <laughs> clarification of this, right. huh? Right, yeah, maybe you could do that for radar. All right, anyway, uh, there is a job fair today, Fermanos, Riverwoods, Strong Spas, Cabinet Works, First Commonwealth Bank, Thermal Product Solutions, and Modular Business Systems of PA are at the Central Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce Job Fair. It's not about how much training or skill or previous education that you have. It's a matter of somebody who has work ethic and can show that and has a good personality and wants to be a part of a team. Those are the key things that they're looking for as far as fundamentals. They can teach the rest. And then, of course, the inimitable voice of T.J. Akey, president of the Central Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce. It's their function today at the Union County Resource Center from 9 to 3. And finally, there's word former President Donald Trump asked if the U.S. Justice Department could somehow shut down Saturday Night Live and some of the late-night talk shows. It's no secret he didn't like the way SNL and Jimmy Kimmel made fun of him. In a statement, the former president denies the Daily Beast report, but also confirmed that he thinks the show was engaging in illegal activity by ridiculing the president. Uh, the Daily Beast reported that the president asked the U.S. Justice Department to investigate what possible curbs could be imposed on NBC and other networks uh, because of the constant making fun 
and satirizing. Oh, poor little fella. They, they make Isn't fun of bad? him. They make fun of everybody. Uh, yep, that is true. Whoever's the president <laughs> gets it. As well they should. Have they done a Joe Biden uh, They have a Joe dementia? Biden. Yeah, they, they've done some Sk- things yeah, along that I line. I was just going to say, because... That might be it. All right. We have open phones right now. 1-800-795-9565. I don't see anything that's on TV after 1130 p.m. I well, I, you. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in years, except that most of the uh, networks, even Fox, will, if they do something really good, will mm-hmm. show you a clip on Monday morning of what they did. Okay. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We would love to hear from you. we got open phones today. 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends us a note and says, the nomination of David Chipman to head the ATF. He is an anti-gun hack. Putting him in charge is like putting a child molester in charge of an orphanage. What well, there's inap- a graphic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what an inappropriate <laughs> illustration. But thank you. Yeah, Donald, uh, David Chipman's a great career guy How about the, ATF. We, the fox in charge of the hen house? I mean, that's yeah, a that's little a less little. offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just got a text from a hen. <laughs> right. The hens are she upset says, about the, maybe keep those for foxes you, Joe. Out, right? <laughs> okay. Get rid of them foxes. Boy, she scratched that out. Now. And our friend Tom says, and this is also related to guns. We have another two emails related to guns. Tom says, unfortunately, we don't have enough jails and courts to do what Stan wants. Bah humbug, Joe. What did I do? <laughs> okay. Well, and they the, just don't like your attitude. Oh, okay. The which fact is that I support. Perfectly understandable. I, su- well, I support. I'm on your side of that issue. You. I oh, support okay. your right to bear arms. <laughs> what about mandatory carry? Are you on the right no, side? No, I'm not okay, on the right well, side you of gotta, that. you got to get on with that. I don't think I should be forced to carry a gun if I don't want to carry one. Why would I? What if I forced you to carry something you didn't want to carry? Well, if it made the society safer and would scare the bejesus out of burglars. How about if I make you carry a defiled diaper around all day long. Well, that that would certainly irritate the burglars. (laughs) All right. Another one of our emailers says, all you macho gun toters, you can can talk till you're blue in the face and you will never, ever justify having assault weapons available in society. Especially in today's society, what with all the radicals, mental cases, and just plain nutcases willing to copycat mass lanes. These weapons were designed for warfare, period. Thank God President Biden is willing to address the ever-growing slains in this gun-crazy nation. Lord knows Trump did nothing to address the situation or anything else detrimental to Americans. Right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number, so we got a call coming in. We'll you know, these guns, that that talk, talking about assault weapons, as President Biden did, the people being killed in Chicago and shot in Chicago every weekend aren't being shot with assault weapons. AR-15s. They, uh, you or know, F-15s. They're usually being shot with handguns. What was his reference to the F-15? Was uh, that the escalation? Well, that, they, that if you really wanted to take on the government, you needed bigger stuff. I thought, that's what I got out of and it. I a nuclear may, weapon. I may not have gotten it correct, but well, that's ha- what I got. You'll never pass the background check for an F-15, I guarantee you, Joe. <laughs> One of which is you have to be a pilot. Yeah, I don't think I could actually get it off the ground. Lance, go right ahead. You're on the mark. Oh, wow, already. Uh, anyway, you know what has really reduced crime in the past, and it gets a big... Bad rap. Mass incarceration. In the 90s, we had a murder rate of 10 plus per 100,000 people. It dropped to 5 plus per 100,000 people, but we were putting all those criminals in jail. Wasn't that horrible? 
But to hear them talk, well, these were all just fine family folks, you know, who were ripped away from their families, you know, and it just made chaos. Well, if you reduced your murder rate by half, I think it was worth it, don't you? What was the uh, crime was super low in New York for several years, maybe a decade or maybe more. What? Yeah. What preceded that? What did they do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, one thing they had was uh, stop and frisk, because the uh, bad guys knew that if they did get stopped and they had a gun, they were going to be in trouble. Which you weren't and allowed to have a that, gun, right? There's no carry permitted in New York City. No, zero. And they knew that they were going to be prosecuted for it. And uh, now they don't. They oh, they are allowed to carry. Look. They are allowed to carry guns. Well, they still aren't allowed to carry guns, but they don't care because they're not going to be prosecuted. They don't have. There's not even any cash bail. They don't stop and frisk, which was widely viewed as being something that was primarily chosen to uh, uh, enforce against minorities. Well, (laughs) it wasn't minorities; it was criminals. It was like Chief Van Kirk when you uh, got to him about profiling blacks. He says, no. He said, we profile criminals. Gotcha. All right. And if a criminal happens to be black, well... So stop and frisk went away. What else changed in New York that the crime rate is going back up now? Well, cutting a billion dollars from the police department might have helped. Is that what it was? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm asking. I don't know the answer to these things. Okay. And then, well, of course, the old broken window uh, idea... That one out the window, so to speak, and out the broken window. Right, and yet that so is that is basically what community policing is. And now they're saying, "Well, we want community policing. You can't turn cops into social workers. It doesn't work." Okay. No, you can't have the SWAT team stand for social workers and therapists. Are any of the new mayoral candidates in New York calling for uh, uh, resumption? The one who's leading is a former New York police detective, lieutenant. Okay. So let's hope he's the one that gets elected. That will restore some common sense to policing in New York, right? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Lance. What else you got? Okay. Well, uh, the assault weapons ban. Well, people sound like this is was what has turned our streets into war zones. Well, if you figure it out, we have about seventeen thousand murders now, and. 0.021% of those murders are committed with semi-auto rifles. 0.021. What is that? Uh, 21 per thousand? Is okay. even that? Okay, so that's so 21 per 10,000. To put it another way, I believe about uh, almost three times of people are killed with rocks and uh, blunt objects. So it's, uh, it's totally overblown. And the assault weapons ban actually banned threaded barrels, you know, like you could screw a silencer on, mm-hmm. and bayonet lugs. Okay. And I'm sure, yeah, during the entire ban, I don't believe there was one bayonet charge in any major city. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't so even, I, even then, during the insurrection, they didn't have their bayonets. They didn't have guns either, so... One, well, or two, I one or two, but I not many. None, none used by the uh, rioters. Yeah. 
right. So, All right. Thank you so much, Lance. Lance. You bet. Appreciate you. the call. 1-800-795-9565. Got a call coming in. We'll take a quickie break. Uh, we are talking about the president's remarks, but soon we're going to talk about how uh, liberals are indoctrinating people in Florida or everywhere. Right, Florida. In Florida. All right. Well, we'll everywhere, talking about. but in Florida, they're snobbing it. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, text us at 70236, or do as one individual is doing, and that's call us at one 800 When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Our uh, Google Maps has changed from a blockage on Front Street, uh, or check that, on Duke Street at the scene of a pole replacement project. That's no longer listed as a gum-up. There's now construction listed as the slowdown on Route 11 in Northumberland. So the slowdown has shifted from Route 147 to Route 11, primarily impacting northbound Route 11. So we'll keep an eye on that. Same pole? What's that? The same pole, or is this a different pole? Uh, no, this is a diff- must be a different project. <laughs> this is the little okay. PennDOT symbol on the 511 map. one 800 is our telephone number, and uh, we're going to be talking about a, how bad liberals are in a moment. No, we're not going to talk about how bad they are, just that they're trying to indoctrinate you. Right. Okay. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Your uh, last caller there talking about the police kind of... Uh, moved me to call here my my golden years have kind of come upon me a lot faster than i expected them to so it causes me to reflect and listening to him i tried to envision myself at the prime of my life right now and i needed a job and what would i be thinking about if there was police job openings in my area and and i did need a job I, i can't i can't imagine with the way things are right now what's going on in society and and, and in politics, wanting to be a police officer for any reason. I mean, I mean, if it came between starving and, and uh, working as a cop, yeah, okay, I would do it. But, but the reality is we we have to sit back and step back and, and look, the police are being bashed constantly. Okay. Constantly. And then, if you look at the number of shootings, I don't know exactly what the data is, but there, it seems to be a lot of uh, police officers are, are being shot, you know, just randomly or in the line of duty. So your life is in danger. You're not respected anymore. You're looked at with a jaundice eye by just about everybody. And what, why would you want to be a cop? And, 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 and then, why would you want to take any risk once you are a cop? Why would you want to do anything where you could be accused of racism or violating anyone's rights? You know, the stop and frisk was used, as, it was a deterrent. It was a deterrent for people carrying concealed weapons when they weren't allowed to. 
It had nothing to do with race and everything to do with cutting down crime, yet it gets twisted around by the left and the media as being racist. So, you know what? In, in Berwick, they can't get cops right now. In the paper this morning here in the Press Enterprise, they said that they had to lower the age to 19 and Berwick would pay for a police academy. I mean, that's getting pretty good when when they're going when any job where they're going to pay for your training, okay? And education. So, yeah, maybe they'll get some people, but I, and I'm not saying anything against 19-year-olds, but heck, I was a 19-year-old once in the jeez, I can't can't picture me being that responsible. But anyway, so I just wanted to get that off my but chest. But 19-year-olds, Mike, 19-year-olds can go through the state, uh, through the police academy, and they are considered uh, legally police officers. I mean, when they come out, they're trained as fully as somebody who's 35 would be. Oh, I, listen, I'm not putting down 19-year-olds, but you, listen, we send them to war, don't we? Yeah, we do. And, you know, we, and, we can, and send them on the streets, and there's a lot of... Uh, great 19-year-olds out there. I, I'm not putting down 19-year-olds, but uh, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, a police job, why are, we, why are we having trouble getting police? That's that's my question. Why why is Berwick happened to offer, you know, why do they lower the age? Why do they offer to pay for the academy? You know, it used to be when you wanted to be a, a police officer, you got into an organization that either had the training or you went and got it yourself and then, you know, became, entered the criminal justice system somehow. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. What if this, I, I, is it more dangerous to be a police officer today? Joe? Well, I don't know that it's more dangerous, but it certainly is more fraught with peril from the standpoint of you can be second-guessed every day you, you're out there. Something goes wrong, and, you know, it's all automatically your fault. I can I agree with what Mike's saying, that, you know, it's all across the country. It's hard to get police officers right now or get people who want the job. And why should they when the Democrats are talking about defund the police, defund the police, the police are the problem, let's reimagine policing? You know, yes, there's some bad apples in the barrel. There are in any barrel some bad apples. Yeah, look at radio. Holy smokes. Right, yeah. We got a couple of them right here. Yeah, one of <laughs> doing them is in the program. room. Right. I'm glad you admit it. When, but <laughs> when you when you get into uh, policing and you're short of men and women, guess what has to happen? You have to have the coverage, and the overtime goes up. It starts affecting your uh, physical health, your rest, your family life, and it increases uh, probability of stress on the job. No, you left it out. You left out morale. You left out morale. You left out morale. Certainly has morale. A, a bad impact on that too. Yeah, and it, it just increases the probability that something's going to go wrong. I mean, you you get sleep deprived, mistakes happen. I mean, you look at airplane crashes. You a lot of times they go back, and and and, they, and the guy's uh, sleep pattern was disrupted before he went to work. And he made a mistake. That it's a, a very contributing factor. We don't want people in high stress situations uh, going to work under any more stress than they have to. And the police are getting it from every direction. That, that's basically my bottom line right now. Yeah. Is it possible that uh, all the additional scrutiny on police is screening out to people who should not have been police officers in the first place? If I was a bad apple, I wouldn't apply to be a police officer today. 
Is it possible that this is a net outcome that's okay? You're not going to have as many incidents in the future because of a person that has a bias may say, well, I'm not even going to apply to a police officer. If I can't pick on minorities, I'm not going to be a police. Empirically, you'd have to look at the percentage of police job applications, how far down they are across the country. They're down 10 percent, 15 percent, and then run that against how many cops prove to be bad apples over the course of their careers. And of course, you'll never well, know if they would have turned out to be. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah Mark. You, have, you, you know that that is an excellent point. So basically, the, I think there's a strong possibility that there is uh, a process going un- underway right now, where there, you know, obviously there there could be you know bad police in in, in uh, across this country, and they're being weeded out because of the the, the the increased scrutiny. But the bottom line is, when you get that increased scrutiny, then you end up uh, forcing better standards for applicants you you know generally you have to have to keep the manpower you have to have better pay and better applicants so that that's very expensive too so there's always a cost but in the meantime if there's a shortage of police officers who really who who really comes out ahead and who loses in those situations the people that need to be protected are the ones that lose and the criminals are the ones that win all right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for calling in. I uh, saw Reverend Sharpton this morning on uh, MSNBC for a moment. He was talking about neighborhoods in New York because they were talking about this police officer who's uh, leading for mayor of New York at the moment. And he said, we're afraid of the cops and we're afraid of the robbers. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, is there something to that? You know, are the communities of color the ones most adversely being impacted by the fact that police officers are not as prevalent as they used to be? All right, we have three texts, three senders, three topics. Start at the bottom. All right. Hey, uh, Tom, if murderers are convicted, let's put up the gallows in the town square and put them out of society. Well, there's... <laughs> We're not going to do that. We have some tough listeners today. Uh, there are no weapons of war on the streets unless you count the thousands of weapons missing in the military. The AR-15 is not a weapon of war. And then one of our other texters says, the New York City ex-cop running for mayor is not viewed favorably by the New York City beat cops. Well, I don't know that, do you? Uh, no, I, I, I know there is a mayoral race, and a lot of folks are following it. I am not one of them. Okay. So, um, Anything that gets that. rid of the current mayor has certainly got to be good. Okay. <laughs> and uh, then our friend Doug says, yesterday's anti-gun press conference was so predictable. Blame the violence that spirals out of control on the guns, not the thugs that use them, or the fact that our police have been vilified. It's pathetic to watch this and think that making mere laws will solve it. What's even more pathetic is watching our so-called president give a speech. He looks like they pump him full of medications just to get him through it. There is no passion, leadership, and barely any life when he reads every word written for him. What an embarrassment for our country, but at least it isn't Trump. Right, Mark? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Doug. You took the words right out of my mouth. If, if it weren't for President Trump, we wouldn't have President Biden. So if you put in a pathetic leader, you end up with a pathetic leader. A <laughs> pathetic get him out of there. Pathetic right. in, pathetic out. Right. right, that's what happened in the White House. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, we're going to find out why liberals are... What's, what's the word I want to use? Not pathetic. Indoctrinating. Yes, indoctrinating. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stop and search. 
stop and frisk has been frowned upon in New York City lately, but, but not upheld illegal. by the Supreme Court in 1968. But not illegal. All right, tell us about the enthusiasm of Democrats. Well, this is an interesting story. It's about a new law in Florida and its continued push against the indoctrination of students. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Tuesday signed legislation that will require public universities and colleges to survey students, faculty, and staff about their beliefs and viewpoints to support intellectual diversity. The survey will discern the extent to which compelling not competing ideas and perspectives are presented in public universities and colleges and seeks to find whether students, faculty, and staff feel free to express beliefs and viewpoints on campus and in the classroom, according to the bill. The measure, which goes into effect July 1st, does not specify what will be done with the survey results, but DeSantis and State Senator Ray Rodriguez, the sponsor of the bill, suggested Tuesday that budget cuts could be looming if universities and colleges are found to be indoctrinating students. That's not worth tax dollars, and that's not something that we're going to be supporting moving forward, DeSantis said in a news conference at a middle school in Fort Myers. University faculty members have worried the new measure would create a chilling effect on their freedom of speech. Democratic lawmakers also have argued the bill might allow politicians to meddle in, monitor, and regulate speech on campus in the future. Don't see how, but DeSantis, however, said the intent of the measure is to prevent public universities and colleges from becoming hotbeds for stale ideology. It used to be thought that a university <laughs> campus was a place where you'd be exposed to a lot of different ideas. Unfortunately now, DeSantis said, the norm is these are more intellectually repressive environments. You have orthodoxies that are promoted, other viewpoints are shunned or even suppressed. And he's right. Well, yeah, that's a dilemma. There's no argument there. We've talked about students protesting against uh, sort of abhorrent speakers that they don't want to hear their message. But I, I don't see the purpose of the survey. So so what if you know that 90% of the students are conservative at one college and 100% are liberal at another? What What's your uh, weapon that's to, not, no, to that, fix that? No, that's not the point of the survey. The point of the survey is to find out whether there is any diversity in their thought. Let's face it, a group of 1,000 people, there should be a diversity of opinion. It shouldn't all be a 1,000 thinking the same thing, should it? Well, unless it's... Uh, and I, I would agree with you if you if you take a university like kind. Bob Jones University or Liberty University, which are predominantly religious-based colleges, although most colleges have a religious... Private colleges have some religious connection. My son went to a, a good United Methodist school, Lebanon Valley. Susquehanna's um, Lutheran. Susquehanna's Lutheran. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but there should be exposure to all different thoughts and ideas. I'm sorry, I'm against just saying, well, you know what, the cops are bad and uh, President Trump is a horrible human being and a vile, disgusting individual and Joe Biden is the second coming of Jesus Christ, you know, or whatever. That's well, you could wrong. argue, but you could have a vibrant argue about all of those topics. None of them are true, so you could have a, a vibrant discussion. But so they, you don't, make sure they don't encourage that. You know, I, I have... In a, your view. I have, well, let me give you an example. I have a neighbor whose son went to Bucknell. And he, w he actually said that he had to modify his beliefs and opinions with certain professors in order to get a good grade because he just knew from the way they presented the material that he wouldn't get a good grade if he told them how he really felt. Well, isn't that reportable to the school? Did he do so? No, he wanted to get good grades. So, it, okay, but you afterwards... Know, I mean, they put a subtle it. pressure on you. If the professor says to you, you know what, Mark, I think that President Trump was a scumbag so, so and a buffoon, and so what do you say? Well, I disagree 
with you. I think he was just a fine human being. Well, you know, I, I take that. it out. I take it out on you. No, you don't say that. But I take it out on you, and I give you less than a good grade. Or I, right. I, I you know, professors have a lot of influence over their students. Right. Well, there's a lot of discretion another. written into grades. No argument there. So that you know, you can't. Not all of it is empirical. That you can just study up with math. You got to show people's grasp on ideas. So you you, you right. think you know how that's happening, or that they can pass a test, or whatever. And I think DeSantis has the right idea. Take a survey to find out how big the problem is. If the problem doesn't exist, then I there was, there's no mechanism here to do something draconian with the results. There's just a, a study to find out what the, what those... Well, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him, so I'm sure there's something diabolical about oh. it in ultra-conservative and <laughs> negative heavens, way. What has Ron DeSantis ever done a, to you? But the, the other topic that you're addressing is a real one, and that's you know the individuals on campus, and it's primarily liberals are not interested in hearing... Uh, abhorrent viewpoints at all from speakers on campus. Well, they just call Republicans fascists and say they don't want to hear what they have to say. Well, that's fine, but if you can back it up and argue it and keep it going, keep the discussion going, that's what you want to do in a college setting. And they should, both both sets of ideas should be expressed. I mean, liberalism should be presented, the liberal point of view should be presented, and and, uh, the libertarian point of view and the Republican conservative point of view. ultra-right-wing views would be okay under the right circumstances? Well, uh, what about ultra-ultra-left-wing views. Well, they, 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 would they be, they're not banned on college campuses. It's really just right-wing people that get banned. Well, I haven't heard of any any institution where the left has been banned. No, I, but, I haven't either. You know, I, I think that there's certainly something here. You wouldn't here. be welcome at uh, Oral Roberts University. <laughs> I, I don't know that. I, I really don't know that. You think they'd welcome them and so that they can... I think they've had people there at those them. institutions, but I mean, most of the people who have protested about someone calling, coming on campus have, com- have complained about conservatives coming on campus, not liberals. All right, so we need the survey, and who's going to pay for this? Taxpayers? Taxpayers. Well, well, that's not right. Why not? <laughs> 1-800- It's a bill enacted by the legislature. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Should we survey college students so we find out just how ultra-liberal they are or ultra-conservative so that we can make sure that our colleges are diverse. And if we find out that a college is ultra-liberal, they don't get any state funding. You or cut them off. ultra-conservative for the same reason. You're, well, you're saying we're never going to find an ultra-conservative school in Florida. You won't? No. Now, I'm sure there are a couple. <laughs> They're all smarter than that. I, I, oh, wow. There you go. They're all smarter than all that. All them young people. <laughs> they Catch them while they still know everything. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Shut me up by you speaking over me. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at onthemarketwithkokid.com. Al, thanks for calling in. You just couldn't stand it anymore, could you? You had to call. <laughs> well, Joe brought up uh, about the professor. There's a whole movie on a theological professor that made everybody the first day of uh, the first class or the first uh, session write. God is dead because they, he didn't want to cover anything about God and theology. <laughs> so um, that was theirs. They had to all write that, and there was one Christian boy in class that refused to do it. So he challenged him, and it just turned into a really good movie. You found out why the professor did what he did, but uh, it just shows you what I think of and got from the movie is. When you put your faith in something like God, there's the Holy Spirit that comes upon you, and 
will give you knowledge that you wouldn't normally have. Um, and this movie ended up saving the professor at the end from this internal is, damnation. It's not a religious discussion we're having here. It's a discussion about you liberalism and conservative. Up, no, I didn't bring up religion. I brought up, brought up professors that would not teach anything about religion. No, I didn't say that at all. I was I talking about the intent of the law is to determine whether or not students have been exposed to diverse opinions. Now that might include religious opinions too because most colleges have some kind of requirement for a, a religion course in them. But the purpose of this law is not to determine your faith, it's to determine how well you have been exposed to competing ideas in the educational marketplace. And make sure you haven't been indoctrinated. When you give, when you give uh, the first class and say you got to write God is dead. But no, but that hasn't happened in a university here. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the state of Florida and a law that is designed to determine whether or not kids have been exposed to all sides of an issue. That's what well, we're talking about. He did about. not want to expose him. He was a theology professor, did not want to expose him. <laughs> All right, yep, we got it. We heard that. <laughs> yeah, we understand that, that's but that's a, not the point. It's probably fiction, or even if it's based on a true story, it doesn't relate to this. It, right. it was based on a, I believe it was based on a true story. It's called God is Not Dead. You ought to watch it. All right. Just like you ought to watch uh, On Plan. And you're probably done yet. I already did watch it. Yeah, uh, Lance gave me a copy. I have a copy on my desk. If you hadn't seen it, I'd recommend it for you. Thank oh, you. I saw, it. I saw it. I was one of the first people in line to go see it. Good for you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. All right. 1-800-795-9565. got one open line. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, no more time for calls here. We got callers standing by, but I got to tell you about one particular vehicle that I got at the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, $56,000 for the Mustang Mach E, which is a great price on a great vehicle. It's really an SUV, 266 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 4.8 seconds. So don't do it in Shemokinam after they get radar. That would not <laughs> be a good idea. You can plug it into 110 if you want to, but it's much faster if you plug it into into 220, which that's why we put 220 in our garage, just in case we had a, a electric truck in the future, and heats up instantly. You don't have to wait for it to warm up on those winter days. You can use your phone as the key. Uh, of course, you don't really need to start it in advance. You just get in and uh, hit the button, and you're ready to go. But just a super vehicle, fabulous ride. I don't know, something about having electric motors switched to the wheels instead of a uh, drivetrain, a normal drivetrain, gave it a much smoother ride. Of course, it's quiet as a mouse everywhere it goes, so it makes 
a little engine noise so people can hear you coming. But it is just a wonderful vehicle to drive around in. It's the 2021 Mustang Mach-E Premium, 100% electric, and the range is in the 270-mile range on a single charge. So you you got to plan your trips accordingly. Uh, but Or you can have somebody follow you in a gasoline-powered vehicle with a generator, and then you can just keep on going. No, there, there's a real economy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk about Lawrence's worthless art. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my ideas get rejected outright. But you do as I've done. Drive this vehicle at the Sunbury Motor Company. Start your visit at sunburymotors.com. Chris, you get three minutes, and then we got some other callers after you. Go right ahead. Yeah, the Michigan legislature put out a report on the election, and it was headed by three Republicans and one Democrat. Okay. And they found that all the claims of Giuliani, Trump, the pillow guy, all that thing, all those were completely bunk. Well, I'm glad we debunked the pillow guy. Oh, let's and debunk the pillow they, guy. They <laughs> uh, also said that all the, the, the claims about more people voting in a district or than were there, all that's debunked. And all those claims that they they look, went through all the, the the common claims that were being made and say they were all bunk they were mostly used for either political or financial gain by the people making them and the people making them knew or should have known they were false and even suggested that criminal prosecution might be the answer in some cases Wow. Well, these weren't real Republicans. Yeah, they they weren't real Republicans. Not real Republicans. (laughs) They were Republicans in Michigan name only. I see. Okay. (laughs) Rhinos. And so, and still, of course, at the same time, uh, the Republicans in the legislature are passing 40 new laws on elections to fix the problems that they say was weren't there now. <laughs> to fix the non-existent problem. Sounds yeah. like they should just keep the pillow guy out of their elections. It might be faster. But uh, so I think all these, these people who, uh, like Dan and all the rest of the group that says, I think it was stolen election, I guess in Michigan it's not true, and since the same claims and types of claims were made by the same types of people or the same people in other states, I have a feeling that that's pretty much the case, really. Well, if Doug Mastriano has his way, we're going to do a, an Arizona-style fraud in yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, a forensic audit, which nobody even knows what means. <laughs> well, that's when you audit and look for crime. <laughs> a forensic audit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually I mean, implies a, a deeper dive. <laughs> but uh, how you do a, an audit of election forensically is a little uh, dubious. Unless and you count the ballots. Oh, the people who are doing the Arizona election, it turns out they're doing, uh, they're having a film made of them doing that by people who promoted uh, aliens killed, aliens uh, were responsible for 9-11. They did films like that, (laughs) themselves talking as experts, sometimes under different names and different documentaries. You're talking about outer space aliens or people who came across the border illegally? (laughs) Outer (laughs) space aliens, yes. These are the type of people they're hiring to do the film on their work in Arizona. 
Well, we ought to keep an eye on these aliens. I mean, you know, they're up to no good. Can't trust them. Yeah, All right, you get yeah, ten, yeah, more, ten yeah. more seconds. Maybe they're, 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 they're voting. Uh, those, those are the <laughs> aliens that are voting since they can't find uh, any uh, human aliens that were voting. Okay. All right, ten seconds. <laughs> Chris, wrap up. Ten seconds. Go ahead. And I mean a real well, ten seconds. Well, you know, it's just a bunch of nonsense. And uh, I think most people know that. Okay. Right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, sir. Boy, Have a good well one. Said he never did that before when you gave him 10 seconds. Dan, you're on the mark. You get 90 seconds. Hey, good morning. Well, you just read the editorial section in the newspaper, and you'll see the professors that write from our local universities are mostly all liberal, and I call them far-left liberal socialists liberal and you'll know what's being taught at the universities and the kids are being indoctrinated i saw it happen in i won't i'll say relatives and friends and it it's a shame what's being done and and the DeSantis is right yeah there has to be something done about it you can't have another opinion no matter if you're right or not you can't believe in intelligent design. That is out the door. Intelligent design is out the door in the universities, except the ones that, uh, like, like you said, Liberty and some of them. And they also have visitors that are liberals. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had Bernie Sanders at Liberty University or some other well-known socialist liberal give speeches. So they allow that. We're not afraid of them. But when they get control of everything... Whoa. I think Dan's gone. Dan, are you no. still there? No, the line's still lit. The line's lit, but Dan, your phone must, your battery right, in your phone well, must have gone bad or something. Anyway, all right. right. Pat, uh, you got a minute left. Thank you so much for waiting all that time. You're on the mark. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a little off the subject, but uh, an interesting factoid uh, that you may not have heard of up here. I, I live on, uh, I work at Knobles. I live on the Mexican border, right on, right on the river. And uh, Trump is uh, ridiculed so mercilessly saying Mexico is going to pay for the wall. Well, they're finishing the wall, and guess who's helping pay for it? President <laughs> Obrador from Mexico. So uh, Trump was right again. Well, I haven't heard that story. How do you know that? He lives there. Well, I live right. I, I li- <laughs> but how I do you know who's how do you know who's paying for the wall? News down there. It's common knowledge. Oh, okay. Down there, okay. No. Super. Oh, yeah. hey, thanks. Well, Didn't tell them that. To, tell them to do about two thousand miles more of it on liberal or Mexico's dime, and us liberals will ease up. That'd I'm sure be great. you will. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Thank you so much for calling Thank in. You. Great to hear from you again. I'll see you Monday. Right. You get days and days off because of retirement length and rest-up time that you need for Monday. So Joe's going to be off a couple of days working on his spend-down. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.